Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast focusing on the booming horse market in China, bringing to you by two experts of Chinese equine industry, Zoe King and Jojo Wang from Shanghai and Hong Kong, introducing China to the world. Good morning, Zoe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. The Winter Olympics were completed yesterday. After all the excitement, I think I'm feeling a little bit empty now. But I would like to extend our warm congratulations and heartfelt compliments to all athletes. You have won immense glory for your countries and people. Well done. Yes, congratulations to all athletes. But Soyi, you don't have to feel empty because the 19th Asian Games 2022 in Hangzhou will be held from the 10th to 25th September in 2022. Forty sports and six equestrian events, including dressage, eventing, and jumping, both team and individual, will take place from the 12th to 22nd in September. It is exactly two hundred days before the games opening today, and I cannot wait for it. Jojo, after the Winter Olympics, we have listeners asking if they could join the Asian Games as an equestrian volunteer. Let's share more information about this in our China News section today. Of course, due to the pandemic, it is still not sure if the spectator can attend the game. However. No matter the Winter Olympic or upcoming Asian Games, volunteer service is inspirable from all thirteen fields inside and outside the stadium. Therefore, it is an excellent way to closely join the equestrian event in the Asian Games. Agree. And from May to October in 2021, the Asian Games officially recruited event volunteers. Tens of thousands of graduate students. Social volunteers and international individuals joined the candidate team during the recruitment period. In the Hangzhou Asian Games, two hundred twenty thousand candidates successfully signed up. Ninety-four percent of the group is between eighteen to thirty years old, and over eighteen thousand volunteer applicants are focusing on the language support for representatives from different countries. For example, Japan, Korea, France. Russia, Thailand, and other countries. Earlier in January this year, the volunteer interview began in thirteen different centers within Hangzhou City. And before Chinese New Year, which is the end of January, the shortlisted candidates were notified, and they will have to get ready for the language practical and psychological test in March. And the last step will be a background check, precise position matching, and volunteers signing for the agreement. All volunteer recruitment procedures will be expected to be finalized in May. I hope this will keep you excited, Zoe. Definitely will do. Let's move on to our China Club session. We are going to introduce you a stable from Hong Kong today. Hong Kong has nine stable, and four out of nine stable belongs to the Hong Kong Jockey Club. But today we will introduce you a private facility and welcome to the Low Wu Saddle Club. The Low Wu Saddle Club is a large, independently operated riding school near Shanghai, the northern part of Hong Kong. It is a non-profit organization running entirely for the members' benefits and has a long history as one of the leading equestrian facilities in Hong Kong. The club adopted the British Horse Society system, and their accredited team of instructors offer lessons in both English and Chinese to riders from beginners to the highest competition level in Hong Kong. 
and they have over 40 horses of different sizes and disciplines to teach various customers. The club has a large flat completion sand paddock with a size of 75 times 45 meters. On a regular day, the large paddock is subdivided into three small paddocks for riding lessons. Other than the large paddock, they also have a chaining paddock of 40 times 30 meters in size. Compared to the mainland facilities, it looks a little smaller. However, it is already a luxury with the scarcity of land in Hong Kong. The club facilitated with four full-time instructors, two part-time instructors and two well-known international instructors. The first one is Tim Downs, a fellow of the BHS, which is the highest qualification in the BHS system. And the second one is Andrew Benny, an event and dressage rider written in five-star shows and Olympic-level eventing. In 2016, he even judged the dressage and eventing disciplines at the Olympics. The strong team and well-managed facility attract many horse lovers and create a very long waiting list. So if you want to ride in the Law Wu Saddle Club, you might have to prepare your application in advance. Interesting. As the China equestrian industry is booming, I wish all the Chinese equestrian clubs will have a waiting list like the Lao Wu Saddle Club in the future. <laughs> so in the Chinese New Year in the future, we can wish horse club owner a very long waiting list. Yes, good idea. Hey, who do we have today for the China Story interview? We have a young Chinese lady who is now in Vancouver. Let's listen to Belva's story. Hello, Belva. So could you please tell our listeners your full name and your profession? Okay, yes. So uh, my name is Belva Wong, and I currently live in Vancouver. I work in uh, the property management industry. I came here to study in the University of British Columbia. I actually chose Vancouver because of the weather and because how close it is to horse riding facilities. So in UBC, there is a equestrian club that I have joined, and it's very fun and going to different uh, stables in the city. It's also very convenient as well, as long as you have a car. Oh, cool. So I know you you were born and raised in Hong Kong, where you began to ride. Could you please tell us how you began riding and would you like to continue to ride as a professional or as a hobby for the future? Mm-hmm. So when I started, maybe some of you would know already, one of the interviewers, Jojo, is my elder sister. And she, because of her and my family, I was involved. Since young, she she has a very strong interest in horse riding and therefore whenever she practiced for her show jumping or dressage competitions um, all of the other siblings will follow suit so we'll just be there for her when she rides or join a lesson of our um, for ourselves if you want um, that's how I started riding later on it became um, more for me it was entertaining for me and I started volunteering for an, another um, equestrian association called the Riding Disab- Disabled Association uh, mm-hmm. it is located inside the Hong Kong Jockey Club 
At that time, we helped disabled kids to rehabilitate, as well as doing some relaxing exercise for the horses after their sessions, so they don't remember the wrong posture when they have been helping kids. At first, I did want to become a professional rider, but then I realized I feel like I was discouraged because I do not have the natural talents that other riders have. But then I do regret um, stopping my passion, uh, going for horse riding as my profession, because by the end, it's not about your talents; it's about how much you practice. If mm-hmm. you really learn your lessons, whenever you discover your errors, if you can mm-hmm. connect with your horse, and if you have the grit to endure all all the hardship, physical and mental hardship. So that is the m- most important part. Like it's the grit. By the end, if you want to succeed, not only that you need to have luck, but mm-hmm. you have to endure. Yeah, yeah. Since like you, you learn a lot from horses, and you, you said that you work for the disabled kids uh, with horses. I wonder why is horse so special for you? Um, so, like my answer from the previous question, it has been my companion since I was young. It was always there. It's like. Me eating rice as a Chinese—it's part of my diet. It's irreplaceable, and I love that how they're always so majestic, so playful. When I am with them, I just forget all the hardship or all the stress you have in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's why I love them. When uh, if you get to be with a horse, you would know that they're actually like giant puppies. So. Mm. I wish you can relate. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And frankly, as I am older now, I find that horse riding is actually a very good conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Um, because of my industry, working in a property management company, um, I actually need to meet different people from different industries. And having a hobby or having multiple hobbies actually are good conversation starters. So it's it's not only the sport that is helpful for my mental health and my physical health, but it's also very good for my career. Um. So yeah. So being yeah. able to relate with other people by that is very beneficial, and it's very enjoyable to talk about too. Oh, so the meaning nice. for of horses and why it's special for me has drastically changed from when I was younger. It was just to companion my younger, my eldest sister to now for my own entertainment and my social interaction. I think if we interview you 10 years later, it may evolve as well, the meaning of horses for you. (laughs) Cool. Definitely. So what is your most memorable horsey moment? There are a couple, but I think the one that I remember the most is when I was having one of my lessons around 10 years old. Um, I was riding as normal. The horse was a bit lazy, so I gave it a few kicks, but my, my, my legs were tiny. I really basically did nothing. And then it suddenly decided to say, hey, I, I'm going to have a role here. I, I'm not doing this lesson anymore. I'm going to have a role. And he started kneeling down and lay on its side. Good that I was agile. I was like a monkey. I ran out of, like, I, I hopped off immediately. So I didn't got squished. But yeah, that is my most memorable moment. It's not the greatest, but it was funny. And it really helped me learn about horses. Like, oh, like they, they are cuddly. They are cute. But they could 
accidentally squish you too. Yeah, so we have to be careful when we are with this giant animal around you. And you have been in the industry since you were young, either riding、mm-hmm. yourself or helping out as a volunteer in RDA. So throughout this time, who is your idol and why? Well, of course, it's my sister Jojo, the one who's hosting this podcast. By the way, <laughs> I am definitely biased. Originally, I did have an idol that was in the Hong Kong youth riding team. I already forgot what their name is, but then they're just so not relatable. I was young; you can't go talk to them. It's not really an idol if you can't really imagine yourself being them or being able to aspire to them. So my sister is definitely my idol, and this is why most people work because they have to do so because of the money. Or just because they need to make a living, it is rare for people to have the grit to endure all the hardship to work for something that they love.、Um, I have witnessed my elder sister working as a volunteer in her college years just to be in a stable, just to exchange for some writing lessons,、um, and then slowly after she came out of school and back to Hong Kong, she worked her way up as a a stable girl. And slowly built her career at being an instructor, getting her certificates, building her knowledge, her career, her social network, and it is quite grilling. If anyone do work in the industry, not only that you're working with such big, majestic but dangerous animal, especially the pregnant ones. Oh God, don't get me started. But yeah,、mm-hmm. they could be dangerous. <laughs> it is physically enduring.、Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a very labor-intensive job, just to be around horses. Of course, as you graduate and work your way up, your physical labor does reduce. But then the reason why you're doing the show is because in China, the the equestrian trade is still just started. There are so much work to do, so it's not easy.、Mm-hmm. And I am very encouraged by this. I seeing her do this makes me feel that I can do it too. Wow.、Know? Yeah, that is my opinion. Yeah, I think both girls are very inspiring in your what what you are doing. So bravo, bravo, one sister. Thank you, Belva. So <laughs> as you have your own horse before, and you have spent a lot of time in the stable in China and Hong Kong. So what is your must-have item、mm-hmm. in the stable that you want to recommend our listener? Helmet. Helmet. Helmets are the most important. If you're not as talented as I am, young listeners out there, I am the young riders. This podcast always mention about.、Uh, please bring your helmet if you're a consistent rider.、Um, your head is very important to you. I remember I had fell many many times, and currently my jaw is a little bit dislocated、um, due to my accidents when I was younger. I am so glad that I had helmet on, a tailored helmet, so that my head is fully. Well, it's just because it's the right size is protecting me perfectly. I don't have a concussion. I didn't have any wounds because of that. It's just a minor dislocation. But if、uh, if I didn't have a helmet, well, there's a chance that I I wouldn't be speaking here today. Yes. So, Belva, do you think more Chinese people are riding in in Canada? Yes, definitely. I studied, and I am living in Vancouver. If you know, UBC has another name 
the University of Billion Chinese. It's, it's a joke, <laughs> but it is true though. Um, the Asian population in Vancouver is very high. Uh, just because of the labor industry that has created this phenomena of how uh, a lot of people had came in from Asia. Um, but yes, I have a lot of friends that I know actually own horses or sponsor horses, and yeah. most of them were are Asian. Yeah, just to add a little bit about this question is that I do realize um, the ability of speaking Chinese, uh, uh, well, Cantonese and Mandarin, um, as a horse rider is actually very well seeked. Um, the only reason is because their market has been changing. Um, they are also starting to market the stable for um, Chinese-speaking clients. And that is why their demands are changing for um, having a multilingual uh, coach. Yeah. Yes, yes. Cool. And I think, yes, the demand is in increasing definitely. Very happy to have you here, Belfa. And thank you so much for, for being our guest. And, and I miss you so much. I'm glad to see equestrian sport is getting more popular in Chinese circle, not only in mainland, but all over the globe. Yes, and Jojo, I would say not only equestrian sport, but also the racing sport is doing the same. Recently, the Great British Racing International, which is a non-profit organization representing British racing industry, also officially launched the Dynasty Racing Club, where Chinese horse lovers can gather in Great Britain. We will share you more information in the future episodes. Hey guys, if you like our podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. Your support is very important to us. Exactly. And looking forward to talking to you again next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is co-hosting by Zoe King and Jojo Wang. Powered by Wonder Horse, a business solution provider focusing on Chinese equine market and a bespoke equine community in China.